Hey, hey, welcome back, Real Talk listeners. We are talking about employee experience. I'm here with Michelle. We're continuing our momentum through the series. I just need to stop and say, Michelle, I'm super proud of our business partner. Um, He is currently out on assignment getting certified for, wait for it, wait for it, a firewalk experience. Oh my gosh. Super excited. I'm super excited. I cannot. Did you see the look on his face? Guys, he sent us a picture of him going through the process. So if you've never been certified in anything HR really actually is is probably in most things that you get some sort of certification in, Uh, you are required to be a participant before you get to practice being an instructor or a leader in said thing or doing that activity. And so we were able to see him as a participant walking the fire. Did you see his face? Oh my God. He looks so happy. I would not, I would be like petrified. (laughs) He was, I thought for sure he was like, his spirit was just going to come out of his body. He was radiating. And the whole time I was like, not going to happen. Can't do it. Not doing it. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so let's talk about this for a moment. So we um, have a, a, a tremendous amount of offerings here at Real Talent in regards to our certifications. You know, we're certified in DISC and we can facilitate situational leadership. If you need like us to facilitate some courses on Strength Finders or MBTI, things like that. Um, in addition to obviously all the L&D offerings, as well as, you know, HR compliance pieces, benefits, wellness but Keith, uh, you know, obviously has some some great opportunities um, in regards to his certification. So I will say, you know, at Real Talent, we are now, you know, officially certified and adding on the Firewalk, you know, opportunity. And we can come to you and facilitate this. And it's super exciting, I think, uh, from a team building perspective. When you think about, okay, right now we're in the pandemic. So you're walking across the fire all by yourself. It's not a group of people. You're not close. It's socially distanced, right? So like you're just doing that one section by yourself. So if you're if you're wanting to conduct a team building opportunity amongst your group and get individuals together, this is a fantastic opportunity during the pandemic because, you know, each person's going across the fire solo and all of that um, is kind of inclusive into kind of keeping that social distance of, you know, uh, two meters or, or, or six feet apart. So I would say take a look and reach out to us if you are interested in conducting a team building event. And if that includes the the firewalk that we are now um, certified in, and I will post this on um, LinkedIn so you can take a look at the picture of the firewalk. Um, but we have obviously a vast majority of, of things that we're, we're certified in or we can assist in. Um, so leverage us and reach out to us. If you're interested, we will come to you and we'll bring the fire. I love it. Dun, dun. Um, so from an employee experience perspective, Michelle, let's get into it. I know we just did a plug for an offering, but I'm super excited because this is another part of an employee experience, not just team building events, but like overall, I think leaders have been super challenged in this employee experience um, piece and really, you know, the internal development year over year, 
I will say when I when I assess organizations, um, employee engagement surveys or health surveys, we already talked about how how crap they could be. Um, exit interviews, um, stay interviews. You can quickly identify that the top three reasons people leave organizations are number one, potentially compensation. Um, number two, communication or lack thereof of their people leader. And number three, lack of development. It constantly is over and over. And I think I can constantly see where organizations put this at the bottom of the priority list. L&D is always the first one and the easiest one to cut off when there are times of budget cuts. But they don't realize that attrition happens as a result because people aren't getting challenged. I mean, when you think about a technology person working in an organization, if they don't continue getting developed, you know, on new innovative ideas and technology, they're literally going to be like the DOS of their organization 10 years down the road, even a year down the road. Like technology is constantly evolving. You have to, A, give them the time to develop, which has been a challenge for organizations because, you know, everyone's running lean, which is why people can't find the time to get developed. And B, you have to give them the resources, the tools, the money, financial means, whatever it is for them to actually get developed. So those, I would say, are probably deal breakers. You know, it's interesting you say that. I um from a different perspective or a different place in the workforce, the same message is showing up. So in uh, two weeks, I am a keynote speaker at a SHRM event and the topic is total rewards. And so total rewards, Maria talked about this before in some of our podcasts. It's absolutely one of those places that she is passionate about and one of those places that real talent loves to come in um, and help organizations because we know that that's a huge part of not only the employee experience, but the value proposition that you put out there. Anyway, so historically, people thought think about total rewards. Obviously, it started with the comp and benefits part of the world, right? And we're like, here's your compensation. And then we tie it to your annual increase, that that three, that two, three, three percent increase that doesn't keep up with the cost of milk. And then we tie it to some benefits. And traditionally, we know that those basic expectations are health, vision, dental, um, some life insurance, some short-term, long-term disability kind of things. And hopefully you've got a 401k, you know. So companies started out with kind of this basic plan of what rewards were, what comp benefits were. And then we started layer on more stuff and we started talking about different kind of benefits, started adding in pet care, all kind of stuff around the benefits world. And then, like most things... <laughs> which is the start of this conversation, 2019 and the discovery of COVID-19 or the newest version in the coronavirus chain of viruses. It has absolutely changed what people look at from a total rewards perspective. So the things that people used to see as perks, those are now all the standards. Like you don't, if you don't offer good pay, annual increases that are normal, if you don't do some kind of pay per, 
pay for performance, like an incentive or some kind of profit share or um, program that gives me a leg up because I work really hard. I want all the benefits. I want them all. Want them all. Want to be able to retire. Got to be able to go to the doctor. It is a medical pandemic after all. And then I start thinking about, you mentioned this in one of the previous episodes, you started talking about EAP. And so now really there are two elements of total awards that have become critical for people when they're looking for a business. And one of them is total wellness. Uh, and really what's it, what makes total wellness completely different is we're looking at organizations that look to people's mental, emotional, and physical well-being uh, that offer things like financial wellness support. People want to feel whole, not just financially set anymore. They want it all. And then the other aspect of that is development, career progression, and growth. And if you can't come through with that total wellness and that growth point place, you're going to lose those people before you even get them through the door. So I guarantee you're going to lose the ones you've already got in the door. So Michelle, let's talk about that because I think this is a sticking point for organizations. Companies find that they're like, okay, so I'm a leader in organization. What does career path and growth mean? Does that mean I need to add like 20 million Roman numerals after your title? So that like, I mean, at some point you can't be, not everyone can be CEO. So like, so I just need to make you a program analyst, you know, manager one, two, three, four, five, just to like, so you get a number so you can feel better about yourself. Like, is this the Gen Z's request of us? Like, What's the, the, these are questions literally that executives are trying to ponder. Like what, what does that look like for our new generation of workforce? When I look at the data that was collected specifically around millennials or younger is it's not about giving me an extra. In fact, you'll, um, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you'll know that that, Oh, Jesus, that pissed me off. I've worked in companies where it's like they're going to throw a senior in front of your title or a specialist or something around your current title, give you more money, give you a higher pay class, and give you the exact same freaking responsibilities. It frustrates me because ultimately that is even not even what people are asking for. What I'm, what, what I'm finding in the survey data that I looked at for the presentation is it's less about a title and more about growth. Now, people want eventually for their pay to be aligned with their knowledge. So there has to be some title progression at some point. Well, actually, let's take it back. Here's those places where, guys, I really just feel like if you're having a great conversation, you're willing to throw everything on the board, everything in a brainstorm. And maybe what it means is not let's add more titles. Perhaps what it means is your freaking review process is broken. And perhaps, yes, you should pay someone different if they actively pursue growth in their field of choice 
where someone else might be given the same opportunities, but they're like, no, it's not time for me right now. And so they're not the ones that are actively working for extra certifications and more knowledge and taking on more job assignments. I'm a weird mix where I'm on the, actually, I don't even think I'm a weird mix, Marie. I think most HR people would say that every organization needs from a comp perspective needs to have a balance of performance-related compensation growth where it is literally just what have I contributed and that gives me my bump and then there should be some sort of the world is more milk costs more this year than it did last year kind of bump Um, so something that is maybe team driven or world driven, and then something that is totally just me. And you can do that by not just relying on an annual performance review that is associated to a merit increase. If you would stop thinking that what worked yesterday works today, you could come up with something that rewards team effort, just helps people with cost of living, and rewards individual contribution. However, back to your question, what millennials will saying over and over again is I want to learn and do more. Once they have mastered a skill, once they're good at something, they don't want to spend five years doing the same thing over and over. They want to do something new. And if that annoys you, I'm going to blame it on you for putting that generation of people in front of freaking video games all day long, where it's always about the next level, the next level. How do I level up? How do I level up? How do I level up? That's all they're trying to do in the workforce too, is master this level so I can level up to the next level. Good point. Yeah, I like to bring it up because a lot of people are just focusing on either job titles. What's interesting, Michelle, is that I just found out yesterday that Google has a promotion cycle and it's like annual once a year and people actually wait for their projects to like they'll hold their projects to get across the finish line until it gets close to promotion cycle and literally there's a day where everyone who's working on major projects in the company will take something and finish the actual project or initiative for the company at that point can you imagine People literally going at a snail pace in a company just to wait so that it gets up to promotion time and then it creates visibility for them to get a promotion. Like that's insane when you put together a once a year promotion and you don't do it just as somebody is successfully there. Right. You, I think that definitely, and this is Maria, a lot of our opinions, I think, are rooted in being entrepreneurs and business owners ourselves, where we set up a business. I think that drives some of our opinions about how business should work. But so here would be my first question from you. You know what the frick positions you need to make your business operate effectively. Those are the positions that you need. Guess what? They change and they evolve as your business changes and evolves which is really why you need either on staff or on call someone from compensation perspective, as well as someone from HR perspective who can help you refine job descriptions, 
define key work activities, pay, pay range, and those kind of things so that you make those positions marketable as they change. But it would be our opinion that every time you make significant changes in your workforce, if you downsize, Maria, we've talked about this one a lot, and we, um, I think sometimes we talk about the services that we provide. Sometimes we just try to give people advice. And so this time we're going to talk about the services in this series. In the past, what we've talked about is how people are running lean. And what that means is that they just cut one position and then they just say, hey, you're going to need to start doing what Bob used to do. Guess what, guys? That's not the way it works. It will work for you in the short term because people, particularly in America, the bulk of people do not have more than one to three months worth of income saved. So they're not just going to quit their job because they're tired of overworking. They're going to find a way out, though, um, is what I'm going to tell you. So the minute you used to have, let's say you used to have three directors doing something in a department and you get rid of one of those directors and you're down to two, you now need to go back to comp and HR and redo the comp and the job descriptions for those roles because you changed the role, okay? I'm going to tell you, you can, as a business owner, you can do anything you want to pretty much. So you can just say, sorry, Maria, you're going to do four people's job from here till the end of eternity, But how long is Maria going to stay there? Um, Same thing with me in my previous job. You're just going to do two people's job. Mm, Here's what's going to (laughs) happen. You're going to give me two people's title. You're going to increase my pay. Oh, and I'm going to hire four more people to do what I used to do when you used to have two more. It never works out that way. So if you don't go back and look at those changes thoughtfully, then it becomes hard. Now, here's what's interesting. The job that I took, and I I think this ended up working out the same for you as well, Maria, the jobs that you and I had where we were combined positions, they could not hire someone new in my previous position, which was a combined position. So they had to go back and split the role into two director roles just to get the positions filled because it wasn't realistic to begin with. So what you need to do is ask yourself, have you defined what your workforce looks like, what it should look like? Have you had HR come in and HR includes someone from compensation as well as someone probably from recruiting and someone in your employee relations area to work with the managers to create job profiles, and to create job descriptions. And then as your business evolves and you increase or decrease, you add departments or remove departments, you need to come back and start that from scratch. Otherwise, we've talked about it in previous episodes for this series, you're making your business unattractive to people who now have choices. Yeah, so I think it's super critical for everyone when you're talking about employee experience, career path, development, challenging individuals, you take a look, you conduct that gap analysis, and then you put in initiatives in place to help like a a career pathing and whatnot. So 
you know, we're going to continue this conversation, Michelle, in our next episode, where we're going to talk about what motivates the future of our workforce. So stay tuned for our last episode, listeners. Take care. Bye.